Welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket Podcast. We definitely appreciate the listen. Do us a favor and click the like and follow to keep up with what's latest going on with the Grabbing the Brisket crew. Also, do us a favor, man. Drop us a review. We would love to hear the feedback. Good, bad, or Alden would say indifferent. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Matt. John, hey, have you fixed the intro to the the no. yeah, so nope. the people that are tuning in just right now? I know you're hearing the grab them in the br- no, they're hearing nope, the nope. grab the brisket, Bobby. What? Let's grab the brisket. Exactly. God dang it, Bobby. That's still on there. <laughs> it's the new one, <laughs> Dickwad. Well, I haven't uh, heard the new one. But it one. needs to be. Well, then listen to the show. I don't. Have I was I'm, listening I'm earlier, and and not like the people that hey. Hey guys, this is Grabbing the Brisket here. So obviously you already heard that. So we have an awesome interview with Craig Sherry coming up. Yes. My very good friend, Craig Sherry, that we actually traveled together. Yeah, so, tell us about that story, John. Where were we all heading? I feel like we were going to Vegas, but honestly it blurs together. I think we were going to, we might have been going to Lubbock. I, I think it was Vegas though. Who noticed who? I don't think he I noticed John. Yeah, well, yeah, he say. saw me. He was like, oh, my God. That's John from Grabham in the Brisket. That's the Grabham in the Brisket guy right there. Yeah. Yes. No. His buddy was wearing a Weber shirt, and I started a conversation with him, and it went from there. How did that go? Hey, do you like Weber's? No. I like Weber's. It was more like me trying to get like a contact. I thought the guy worked for Weber. I was uh, like, yeah. oh, do you, uh, do you work for Weber? Or <laughs> he owns a, a barbecue store, which okay. uh, maybe we can get. Craig to remind us who he is or what his story is and get a little plug yeah, we'll in give there. Him a but shout out. Yeah. So but not yeah, to be confused with Chris River from Sacramento. Which I have also had on my flight and have a picture with. What? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Take that in. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're doing? We're doing random NBA players that we've run into had pictures with? Uh, yep. I <laughs> Mine have, is uh, Robert Ori. I have Gary Payton, um, John Stockton, uh, Reggie Vias. Well, you fly on planes, you so do you see all those people all the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I got hey, my picture of awesome. Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. Does that count? <laughs> Good for you. Let's get in this interview. <laughs> Let's talk about barbecue. Hey. <laughs> like we said before, grab the brisket, and we have Craig Sherry coming up with, uh, if the people that are listening might not be familiar with his um, barbecue works or his products that they, he has out, out there on the market. So he has the Texas pepper jellies. Good jelly. So I think he started off with just doing jellies. Right. Uh, and then branched into rip candies, which I think a lot of people in the barbecue market, competition market, are familiar right. with. And then now he has a whole new line of rubs, and and he's even got a ketchup. What? A spicy ketchup. He's got a bunch of stuff now. Yeah. Ketchup thing, like at first I was like, I don't get it, but if it's a good ketchup, people that already buy his stuff will buy it. They'll be like, I'm already on here. Why don't yeah. we try this? And if it's good, they'll buy it again. Like he'll he'll get the first round of orders and they'll be like, Yeah, this is great. If it's good, he'll get a lot more. If not, it'll fizzle out. We won't see it. Yeah. But we gotta try it out. I'm actually real curious good. to actually know where he's from. And I know he's from Texas, but I wanna actually know where he's from, you know, and just hey. You know, like, because, you know, origins bring a lot of um, opportunities, I guess you could say, right? He's not from Denver City. Is that what you're thinking? No. Well, no, there's, there's only, there's only <laughs> a, a handful City. of dummies from there, so not <laughs> one of them. Is he my cousin? Do I know that? No, no. Do I know this? Do I have any stake in this jelly? Probably not. So. Steak jelly. Mm. <laughs> yes. oh, there we go. Steak <laughs> jelly. Trademarked by grabbing the brisket. <laughs> 
So, all, all kidding aside, let's get uh, Craig on and let's talk a little barbecue. Yeah, let's bring my best buddy on. Hey guys, this is James from Grabbing the Brisket. Hey, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and, and joining the show. Uh, big um, thanks and shout out to Craig Sherry with Texas Pepper Jellies. He's joining us today and taking a little time out of his schedule to talk barbecue with us, and we're super stoked. Welcome, Craig. Thank you. Glad to be here, boys. All right, now, so uh, we always kind of go in the origins, kind of where, where things kind of start. So we, we all kind of have a competition barbecue background, and I know me personally uh, and, and the guys here um, certainly utilize Texas pepper jellies in their, in their competition cooks. Now, the people that might not be familiar with, with some of your products or, or, or you or your, your kind of like pedigree, pedigree as far as the, the, the wins and the, the beginnings of the, the Texas pepper jelly and all that stuff. So would you mind just maybe give us a little brief rundown on how, how Texas pepper jelly started, how you got into competition cooks? I mean, I don't know if there's a, a particular person or a mentor that kind of pushed you into cooking. Um just something that we're all kind of curious about. Well, you know, it depends on how far back you want to go or how bored you really are. <laughs> I've, told, I've told this story a few times over the years, and, and I'm really amazed sometimes that, that there's still people out there that don't know anything about me or where I've come from. Um, and I've just tried to come to grips with it. It's, it's a continuing education type of thing. While I'm known by, by a lot, there's even more that have never heard of me, and, and that's fine. Our company uh, started back in 2005. That was about the time I decided I was looking for something to do in my life with the Internet. I wanted, uh, I wanted to, not that the Internet was new in 2005, but it had been around. We had saw the, the bubble on it. It had crashed, and I kept thinking there ought to be a way to make some money on this. And... Um, Cooking hadn't come into the picture. It was more about greed, you know, the capitalistic way. You want to make, make a little extra money. We work for a living. We work hard. We like to play, but we also have to have a little money to play. So it kind of all went hand in hand. Um, I had a mentor by the name of Bill Cannon. Bill Cannon has a site called TexasBBQRub.com. And it was with his help and guidance that I cooked my first brisket. Um unlike a lot of these guys who grew up with their grandfathers or fathers helping them cook or teaching them to cook i now i could grill chicken uh if it was a gas grill i could burn it burn stuff up with the best of them <laughs> but i had never cooked uh, any of the the primary meats or a big meat like a brisket and uh it amazes some people uh especially on the comp side with the success i've had i didn't cook my first brisket till early 2005 and I couldn't have done it without the help of uh, Bill Cannon at the time. And um, he gave me a, a push to make jelly. And I really don't know where it started. We'd been at a trade show and it was raining and there was really nothing to do. And we stood around and there was a, a, a girl there. I might, might add an attractive girl there. It was probably what caught our attention. It was selling pepper jelly. And uh, I'd never heard of such. We tasted and talked and visited and tasted and talked and visited. And on the way home, he said, you know, you want something to do. I bet you could make jelly better than what we tasted today if you tried. And that's really the sentence right there that gave me the go-ahead to try something. 
so we put together our jelly and I had the chance to visit I'm I've been good friends for many years with Rich Robin Rich Robin owns a company here in Houston called Gator Pits okay. and I seen his pits and I had admired them and I'd stopped and visited with him and uh, went to a cook-off and hung out with Bill and Rich was there cooking with a, another team and uh, I thought, you know, this looks like it could be fun. And so things were intertwined in the early days. They were very closely intertwined. How can I afford to cook? How can I start this business? And can the two be married together? The long story, uh, the short story, or the very long story is, yes, they could be put together. And I was fairly successful in convincing some cooks to use jelly when they cooked. Uh, it wasn't an unheard of thing, but it was kind of uh, different. Uh, I took the approach, we all have salt and pepper. Why can't we have salt, pepper, and jelly? Let's, let's uh, use this as an ingredient to get to an, uh, an end. Make it a means to get to an end. And that's really what started it all. The jelly uh, it didn't take off overnight, but I, I stuck with it. At the time, I was, you know, working 40, 60 hours a week, depending on what was going on in the AC business. And um, I had to kind of work it in when I could. I can tell you this, I, after my first competition, I, I was hooked. That's I knew that's where I wanted to go, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Did you I get didn't a, know. Did you get a call? Was that what it kind of hooked you in there, like the first time, or, uh, was, it, or was it a total no. loss? The first three cooks or four cooks I went to, I didn't even cook. Uh, I was just there visiting and hanging out and watching. Oh, okay. And, um, it's just the, the camaraderie, the, the the hanging out, the fellowship. It, uh, it was. Most of the guys I had met, I come from a background, uh, at the time, we were really heavy uh, into, with our limited means, we were into showing dogs. Uh, we've shown dogs over most of our, our lives. We've had uh, Dobermans and Dachshunds and Whippets, and we've done some breeding and some showing. And I remember coming back from my second or third contest, and my wife said, what, what do you think about it? And I said, man, they're just much friendlier than dog people. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have thought that was possible. But in the show rings, the dog people can be vicious, vindictive, cutthroat, ruthless. They can also be some of the best friends in the world, but there was a big distinction between the two. My first two or three cook-offs, I just saw people drinking beer and talking and visiting and liking each other, win or lose. Yeah. And they're like, I, we're going to do this again next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you beat me today. Let's come back. Let's try it again, and, and we'll see what happens. Now, I can't say that every event is like that or has been like that. There were more events like that when I started in 05 versus today. Um, it has changed. I have my own theories as to why it's changed and what the culprit has been to cause a lot of the problems. And we can get to, get to that in a few minutes if you'd like. But um, it has changed. It has evolved. It's different today. It's harder today. Um, there's things that you can do today to, to help yourself, and those same things can 
can hurt you. And and I'd be glad to cover any or all of that as we talk this evening. Hey, we, we want all uh, the secrets. Uh, and we're, well, we want to cover all the talks. I mean, like I said, grabbing the brisket, I mean, we guys, I mean, we talk about everything. So uh, no topics uh, really off the board. Um, but I'm kind of like with you and not to uh, um, side rail you or anything, but I mean, we've been doing IBCA cooking for, for a while. Now I know you're the president of IPA, IBCA um, for for quite a bit and i know they have gone through some changes um and, and over the last couple of years i mean we grew up in probably in the same boat as you uh, we got into cooking probably like 20 years ago or maybe maybe 25 years ago and uh it's totally different it, it just i mean from from then to now the sport i mean has just exploded i mean it's just and it's a very very different um place and where what used to be it is it definitely is um i had the the, the pleasure you know you always say if you'd have known you was going to live this long you'd have took better care of yourself um i had the pleasure <laughs> in october of turning 60 and at 60 i can tell you i definitely see things different than i did when i was 40 45 um it's, it's as you age, you do gain, gain some insight. It doesn't make you any any wiser or any smarter, but you do get some some insight to some things. And you know, a sixty year old has more hindsight than a thirty year old does. And we've all learned from hindsight. I think we always will learn from our mistakes and from other people's mistakes. Um, I just want to go on the record to say I love competition cooking. Uh, it's opened a lot of doors for me. It's helped me uh, be successful with uh, both my cooking and a product. And I've seen it be successful for other people as well. And there's a lot to be said for that. And um, I hope it's something that, that will continue for a long time. I don't know how much longer it will continue for me. I've got some, some mixed feelings. And part of that, too... Uh, Guys, as y'all know, we've all had to face it with your jobs and everything else, and that's this COVID-19 mess. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It certainly has changed in the last 12 months our lives completely, how we approach things, how we see things. And uh, that, that's a big, big factor in, in competition cooking because you've been out there. You know how many people are out there. Sure. You know how social it can be, and this is a social contact uh, it is, it. man. You know, and that's that was kind of leading me to my next question, uh, Greg. Is you know, you know, you you've won here in Houston, you know, twice here, and that and that's that's a badass, you know, feather to put in your your cap there. You know what I mean? But you know, how do you balance out, you know, having the party at the tent and still putting out good product, you know, and keeping everybody happy? You know what I mean? How do how do you how do you balance all that out? Well, I, I taught some classes early on. Uh, it's been 10 years ago probably since I've taught seriously. Uh, and one of the things I taught, I still believe, you cannot successfully, and there are some exceptions, very few, but there are a couple of exceptions. But by and large, you cannot party and compete and be successful at both. At some point, if you're really serious about competition cooking, you have to set the party aside. The party has to come second, and it has to come behind everything else. And I have seen this happen with, with teams 
time and time again. Now, there are some long-standing teams in the Houston area that have balanced both. They cook and they party. You just don't see them win as much. You don't see them win as often. Not that they're not capable. It's just that the products have become so refined. Uh, the products are so much alike today versus what they were. Uh, it, it makes it, I think today winning is harder. But as long as you're going to have a distraction, whether it's a football game that you're watching, uh, a NASCAR race, or, you know, who can drink the beer the fastest. Right. Sure. That, that's just not going to ever mix with, with, you know, being serious about what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, no and doubt. I'm criticizing you mean, I'm, anybody who does it, please understand, I am not criticizing. No, no. no we, you we've know, all been there. Yeah, we all know going out to Houston, the you know, the cook-off out there, I mean, it's just, it's just a big party, you know, but... We, you know, we certainly understand there's tents out there that, yeah, they have they have different people that work different parts of the cook-off. You know what I mean? Like, you got your cookers, and then you got your entertainers and, and stuff like that. You know, I guess my, my next question would be, you know, how, how big did your um, your tents, you know, ever get when you were out there and you were winning first place? Well, I hate to say this. I've always been a team of one or two, Max. When I, when I cooked Houston, I've had the privilege of cooking Houston three times. And um, I won my way there every time. I've never paid for a spot to cook out there. I cooked it one year with two of us, and the next two years I cooked it by myself. Yeah, because you were there to win. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, the party, I, I didn't care if people come by or stop. It's not to say that we didn't have people come by or visit or sure. whatever. Yeah. It is that environment. But um, for me, a uh, matter of fact... Um, I'm bad at names, and I'm drawing a blanket just a, mo a moment, and I'm, and I'm very, very, very bad about this, or embarrassed, actually. There was a, a lady uh, in Houston that was on, I, I believe she was on Channel 13, but I don't remember. She was a radio personality for years and years and years in the Houston area, and she works publicity, or did work publicity at the rodeo for several years. Is it Brooks? And, uh, huh? Last name Brooks? Is it Christy? No. No. Um, no. I'm trying to think of um, her uh, husband. She was married at one time to a sportscaster here in Houston. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on her name. Hmm. Anyway, she was working publicity, and uh, I was enthralled because to me she's a celebrity. I grew up watching this lady, and uh, but she, we went to take pictures. I just won the contest, and I Lisa. go to the booth to take pictures. And she kept looking around the corner, and I'm like, I'm in a hurry. And she goes, yeah, but we're in a hurry, too. We're waiting on the rest of your team. And I said, it's <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, there is nobody else. And she just looked at me, and her jaw dropped. She said, that's impossible. Have you not seen the size of these teams out here? And I said, well, the difference is I come to win, and I did. And so let's get on with it, you know. That's awesome. And so every time I've seen her after that, she's always remembered, you're the guy who cooks by himself. <laughs> um I can't. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, you anyway, we have a big old airplane flying over us right now, so you're good right now. <laughs> That's always good. That's yeah. a lifesaver. <laughs> um, I I um I would say to anybody who wants to win, uh, give give yourself some chance chances. You know, cook with a buddy or two by all means, but leave the alcohol till after the last turn in. Focus on your product and. Uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, uh, I think maybe uh, 
maybe about two, three years ago, that, that was uh, kind of a, something that kind of faced us with our, our competition team to where we were, we were somewhat successful, but we weren't just um, consistent over and over again. And uh, we, we like to hang out. We, we like to, to maybe knock back a few beers and then seriously compete. And it wasn't until maybe um, a few years back we ran into uh, uh, we ran into a guy named Simon Flores. It was Diablo Cookers, and uh, he um, he came over to talk to us. And we've heard of him. I mean, he'd been cooking for a while, pretty successful. And uh, he came over, and it was before before judging. I think maybe there might have been um, ribs or brisket still yet to turn in. And uh, we often offered him a beer, and we was like, "Hey, man, come over and have a beer." And he's like, "You know what? Hey, I appreciate that, but..." Let me go ahead and finish getting everything turned in, and then I'll come over and help uh, and and have a beer with you guys. And uh, he's like, I, I don't drink before uh, we get everything turned in, just because it really helps us focus. It really helps us hit our timetables and uh, be able to to do all the processes that we need to do in order to turn into a really consistent, really good piece of meat. And uh, that kind of clicked with us. We're like. That was okay. a light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we just need to not drink like five or six beers the Friday night before and maybe get some rest and, you know, not be hung over all day Saturday. And, uh, I mean, uh, no shit. I mean, our, our, our scores just, like, went up, like, overnight. I mean, we started winning grand champions and and being consistently called uh on every meat category so i mean that's something that's uh people that are listening out there i mean go ahead and take heed to that i mean take a note of that i mean if if you uh are serious about competing maybe just hold back on uh, knocking back those beers save it for later celebrate absolutely and i'm going to tell you something uh you couldn't have got that lesson from a nicer human in barbecue i think simon is is one of the uh true ambassadors of what we do he he loves to spread the word he loves to talk about what he does i've only come to know him recently in the last year year and a half we've probably met over the years and i've met so many people uh due to this sport i I get embarrassed sometimes that i can't i can't remember uh names like i should and and i i tell everybody the same thing there's one of me and there's a bunch of y'all and (laughs) You know, when I first started selling jelly, I, I prided myself. I knew every customer who ordered. Well, heck, there wasn't but about 10 of them. <laughs> uh, it was pretty easy to remember. And now, you know, with thousands of orders going out, I just, I, I can't anymore. I can't keep up. And, you know, I like to remind people I'm as human as the next guy. So I, I tell I tell stories from time to time on myself. And uh, you talk about that light bulb moment. Um I had a guy approach me a few years ago and and started picking my brain on, I don't remember, brisket ribs or something, and we were talking. And I was somewhere between wanting to help and being put out by having to stop and talk. And, uh, you know, we're all human. We all have things going on sometimes, and it's not always the best time to catch somebody. And so we talked for about 10 minutes, and I really had to go. And I said, you know as much as I'd like to help you, my biggest recommendation for you would be to find a class and, and consider spending a little bit of money just to take a class. And, uh, I I think the right person, the right class, it it could help you a lot. 
and he said, Mr. Sherry, I took your last class. You don't remember me? <laughs> and oh, man. It, was a, it was a sobering moment. Um, no, because I, I didn't remember him because I, I've been in front of so many people. But I, I learned to slow down and take a breath and uh, answer questions and try to talk to people, whether they've taken my class or not, because we're all supposed to be giving back to what we do. And because you mentioned his name, Simon Flores fits that bill tremendously. So I hope he watches this or hears this sometime uh, because I really think he's a special individual. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. You're not going to find anybody nicer on barbecue. So let, let's talk about uh, what was what was the first um, product that you put on the market? What, well, yeah, let's, let's go back to the beginning. The first okay. product I had out there was jelly, honestly, okay. pepper jelly. My very first flavor was pineapple pepper jelly. And uh, today in my jelly line, pineapple is still the number one seller of all the jellies. People like them. We still sell quite a bit of them. But I become frustrated after a couple of years. I become frustrated at cooks because all I kept hearing from cooks, my friends, my non-friends, yeah, the jelly's good, but man, it's a bitch to work with. And and I, they have to dissolve it or melt it down or heat it up to get it to spread. And it you gotta if you're gonna mix it with a sauce, you gotta get it hot enough to to get it thinned out. And uh, those complaints finally led me to sit down and start playing with some things. And I, at that point, came out with the product that I called Rib Candy. Yeah. And it basically took the what I thought at the time was the best of the jelly and coupled that with ease of use. And we come up with a pourable, brushable product that we felt like was as good as we could do to match jelly without being in a solid form. And uh, guys, it's, I hit a home run. Uh, up and if you followed me at all, uh, or the products out there on the market at all, up until about four years ago, I had no competition in this category. Nobody had a product quite like what I was making. Right, correct. Not the case today. Yeah, there's quite a few uh, alternatives yeah, out there. There's quite a few knockoffs. I call them knockoffs. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. They seem to have a lot of the same flavor names like apple, cherry, <laughs> and pineapple. Uh, and I've tasted some of them. They're not mine. They're not They're not made the same way. They're, they don't taste the same. I'm not saying that they're bad, but they're not mine. And one thing I had prided myself on with, with the rib candy especially over the last 10 years, you can look at any contest in the state of Texas, look at the top 10 overall finishers, and you will find anywhere from two to eight people on that stage that use my product that day in some shape, form, or fashion. I know, and, all, and they don't advertise it. Huh? I said, and they don't advertise it. No, they don't. That's okay. I know who they are because I see their orders come in. But as you as you get to know them or, or know some of them, or just walk around a cook-off, if you paid any attention at all, you've seen my bottles sitting on people's table. Yeah, um, we're, we're usually hiding them. We don't want anybody you, to see it. You know, there's no reason to, and I'll tell you why. With, with all the different varieties of flavors, the odds of you ever hitting somebody else's combination 
or slim to none. Um, That's true. Because your tablespoon is not going to be as big as the next person's tablespoon. You're going to mix it with some somebody else's sauce. They're going to mix it with my sauce. They're going to put two flavors together. You only put three together. I mean, just think about it. The odds are, are astronomical. So I've always found it a little bit of humor in the fact that people say, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you what I use. What are they scared of? Losing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, I lose. I, I lose a lot, especially the last couple of years, and uh, it's not fun. But things change. People come up with different combinations, different products. There's, as you know, uh, look at the products that hit just in our area from our local guys around here, uh, from people that nobody heard of five years ago, like Phil Breeden, um, Cam Day out of Oklahoma. Cosmo's been been doing pretty good for for a lot longer. Um, Aaron Leslie out of Midland. These are all guys five years ago nobody had heard of. Yet here they are with full product lines and doing well, doing quite well with them, from sure. what I understand. Where exactly are you from, Craig? I know you're from Texas, but where, where's actually, home? Actually, not not really one um, to speak of. I, I claim a couple of different ones. My father was a minister, and we traveled. Uh, he moved us around a lot when we were growing up, and so. Uh, I don't ever remember being in the same school a full year till I was in junior high school. Uh, I graduated high school in Silsby, Texas. I have a sister there, so I kind of call Silsby home because that was my, you know, learning to drive and getting your first car and all that good stuff. Uh, I was actually born though in Conroe, Texas, and I have a, a lot of a lot of family in Kenfolk in and around the Conroe area, stretching all the way up to. Uh, Deep East Texas, up to Lufkin, Nacogdoches area. Personally, I've been in Houston myself for probably the last thirty-eight years. Nice. Does that does that confuse you? It, it, it's a <laughs> not really. No, I'm. Uh, You're from Texas. I'm, yeah, we, Texas is about. Yeah, that's kind of. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I've I've lived on I've lived all over this state. I'm I'm actually from the Panhandle area, so I've I've traveled this state. I. I, Where in the Panhandle, if I may ask? Uh, Denver City, Texas, actually, not too uh, far from uh, not too far from Midland. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing <laughs> there. No, not too far from Midland, which you uh, were talking about earlier. But uh. um, I, I've been to West. Or I, I don't know. Is Lubbock considered Panhandle? Yes. I don't care if I ever go back again. <laughs> yeah, I was stuck there for uh, a, a lot of my life. <laughs> hey, well, hey, Craig, one of the things that Alden is a big pro, uh, proponent of or that he's always talking about every time he goes up to West Texas and in his hometown is hitting up the all sips and hitting up the, the, the what is Chimichanga. it? The Chimichanga. Chimichanga. Are you familiar with all sips and their, their fried uh, yeah, um, variety I, of Mexican food? I You got more courage than I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of people swear by all sips and... Um, I never, I never knew what it really, really what it was till I saw my first one, and I thought that's just a, another name for Seven Eleven or Stop and Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, their their food is is something that people always talk about. It must be good. It I've is great. It. I, I wouldn't go with great. I've had it. It's uh, it's or, or, it was, or it was extremely affordable. It's that. Uh, actually, no, those chimichangas aren't cheap. They're not. really no, they're you, not. You have to finance them. 
Uh, yeah, you got to take a you know second mortgage out to get to get about a bag of tuna. A bag of tuna, I'm going to run you about thirty dollars. And uh, oh wow, yeah. And so the last time I was uh, back in that area, and I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but uh, you can buy them frozen at some of these places. So. I ended up buying a box. I think it was a box of fifty, and um, I mean it was it was like almost one hundred fifty dollars for those things. And um, that's commitment right there. It is commitment. And then what sucks is you get them back here, and you're just not cooking with the same grease and the same stuff right. that they're using at all subs. So they, they they were still good, but they weren't they weren't all subs good. You know what right. I mean? So you know, we've heard the phrase many many times over our lives: "You can't go home." Um, there is some truth to that. You you can go home and get your stuff and take it away, but it's never the same when you when you're away from from there. This is true. That's true. I just it's can't hard. imagine. I just can't imagine going on a road trip and like, hey, let's stop at that gas station and get a chimichanga. <laughs> like that just seems like mistake written all over it to me. But I feel like if you if you stop there, you're you're planning your next stop. <laughs> yeah. At another gas station to take Absolutely. care of. Is there a Bucky's farther down the road? <laughs> you know. Uh, it's like a White Castle, the little burgers. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever been up in toward the this upper Midwest or wherever where they have the White Castles? And I've been up there a few times. I've never made it to a White Castle. You haven't missed nothing, except <laughs> for the guy who lives there, and he thinks that they're wonderful. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah, I I was up there, and I had one, and I'm like, I don't know what this is all about, but if I never have another one, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, they don't, yeah. While, while, I'm, while I'm complaining about Lois real like, quick, I'm going dig- to digress. I met Jonathan. <laughs> we were on, we were traveling. We were taking a little vacation, and uh, he actually introduced himself and and talked to a friend of mine, Tony and Cheryl Valentine, uh, who were traveling with us. They own a, a store in Lubbock called the Outdoor Chef, and I'm always amazed at barbecue guys. Tony was wearing a jacket that said Weber on it, and most people don't even know what a Weber is. And uh, here Jonathan was asking a question uh, about, is that for a Weber grill or something? And I, I couldn't hear where I was sitting, but I was, I was kind of told about it later. And I, I just always been amazed that just because somebody had that name on a jacket they were wearing, a conversation ensued. And here we are three and a half months later, doing a podcast i mean it's just amazing um they live in lubbock and and that's that's why i give lubbock a, a lot of grief and uh i give him more grief than just for that but yeah well good if you ever, if you ever get the opportunity uh, I, I've, I've nicknamed lubbock and uh i've called it for several years flubbock and uh, the reason i do that is their email address is the outdoor chef lubbock and if you look at the, the F and you don't say the full word <laughs> chef, it's like, okay, they're the outdoor something in Flubbock. <laughs> and uh, I give them a lot of grief about it. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, if you ever catch yourself up there, go buy their store. It's an amazing little store. They're in the process of, of building a new store that will probably be open by the uh, end of summer next year, I hope. And uh, it's going to be nice, new, modern. Uh, I'm excited for them. They're doing great things up there. Yeah, I'll have to next time I have an overnight out there. I'll have to go check them out. I mean, there's nothing you else should. to do you there, so do. that will be a, <laughs> something to do. They're very, they're very knowledgeable. Which you know, stores need to be if they're going to sell products. Not every store is, but they'll they'll educate you on the 
the simplest, lowliest spice all the way up to the most expensive grill you can spend your money on. So it's basically like Allsup's. Right. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the awesome barbecue. <laughs> Love it. Except they won't make I'm you. Gonna make, I'm going to make some real friends with that one. <laughs> so you mentioned but, earlier that there's been like some changes in competition barbecue, uh, not necessarily all for the better. Do you want to get a little deeper into that? Sure, I can sum it up in one word for you. That's how. That's how talented I am these days. I get things down to as fine a point as we can. So nice. The problem with with what we remember or, or where barbecue was 20 years ago versus today comes down to one word, and that's money. Um, I'm convinced when money gets involved in anything, it changes everything drastically. Back in the day, people cooked, and it was over. I won today. Let's come back and try it next week and see if you can do it again. There was no there was no prize money to speak of. There may have been a, a bowling trophy involved, or uh, someone losing their favorite ball cap, or you know, any number of silly things. But there wasn't the seriousness. While it while they did what they did seriously, there wasn't this drive. You could enter a contest for fifty bucks or seventy five bucks as an entry fee. Briskets briskets were if, if you spent a lot of money on a brisket you spent 15 bucks holy moly you know um let's, i can remember and i'm not as old as some of these guys but i can remember buying brisket for 99 cents a pound and so you go buy a 15 pound brisket you're out 15 bucks and there but, but there wasn't there wasn't 250 dollars briskets at the time Today, we have $250, $300 briskets, maybe even more. I've not been shopping briskets lately. Everybody cooked whatever they got at the local grocery store. Maybe they knew a meat market. They, they cut them up something cheap and affordable. After all, they had to buy beer, and this was a cook-off, and they wanted the family to be there. And There wasn't a lot of emphasis put on the quality of meat or the price of meat, and it was fun. Everybody was on an equal footing. Now, let's jump ahead. 15 years, 20 years. You have contests. Um, IBCA had a contest and, and Waxahachie in 19, uh, we had to cancel it in 20, but in 19, the, the prize money was $65,000. Holy moly. You know, $65,000, uh, it's amazing how secretive everybody's got and how cutthroat everybody's got and how accusatory everything's got. And, Oh my gosh, I got 15 sponsors. I can now go buy that $300 brisket if I want to. And um, I, I think it changed forever the, the, way, the way things are done. And I think if we look at other sports, we can see the same thing. Uh, the guys that played football in the 20s and 30s or baseball, that would have played for free. And now you got guys out there you know, drawing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands a game. Uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and barbecue has fell victim to this. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I don't know that it's a bad thing. It's a different thing. Yeah, and when money gets involved, I mean, everything gets real. It does. It has a way of sobering you up or getting you to drink more, either way. Correct. Uh, I mean, it can go both ways, but it, it does. 
it changes people and it changes people not always for the good unfortunately and that's as much on my soapbox as I'm gonna get about that I would like to have it to go back like it like it was but kind of like what I said well ago you can't go home again it's it's once that barrier is crossed uh, I don't see it going backwards we just have to learn to deal with what we have and make the best of it and There'll always be those guys at a cook-off that welcome you in, pat you on the back, and they're not there to just get your, their secrets. They're there to, to visit with you because they genuinely enjoy your company. They like you. You like them. People can, you know, throw digs at each other and do a little name-calling and not everybody get butt-hurt over it. Uh, yeah. There'll always, there'll always be some of that. I just wish sometimes there was more. Wait, did you call me butt-hurt? Plus <laughs> <laughs> you butt head. Oh, okay. Not all purpose. Okay, so I, me, so we've been obviously the COVID thing has kind of, uh, we've kind of reeled back on doing competitions, obviously because not a whole lot are going on. I think there might be still a few that might be happening right now with certain, you know, restrictions and requirements and all that good stuff. So, but I've kind of been on like a little bit of a hiatus, uh, just really just kind of focusing on. You know, work, family, podcast, all that good stuff. So, I, just recently, I catch myself, and I, I'll, I'll be—I'll I'll admit, I, I've been slipping a little bit. I hadn't hadn't checked your website out in a while, and I—I I, I looked at it. And I'm like, holy crap! He's, he's, Craig's got like seasonings on there now, and he's got all these other other different products on there. I was like, I totally like uh, just fell asleep on that. So, I do see you have a whole line of rubs out there now. I do. Uh... You're talking to the genius that decided to release rubs in the middle of a pandemic. What was I? <laughs> I, yeah, let's back up just a second. So I come out with rib candy and things rocked along for, for a long time. And I was very comfortable. And about two years ago, I got serious playing with some recipes and some rubs. And I decided to get in the spice business. What, what actually has transpired, and I can remember the day, uh, May 1st, 2013, I walked off of a 25-year job, said goodbye, said I wanted to go to work for myself. My website had been up since 05 or 06, and I was selling just enough that I thought I could at least pay my bills. Uh, didn't know if I'd be able to cook, but I could at least pay my bills, and, and so I, I struck out. And guys, I have never looked back. I've done nothing but, but grow ever since. Um, I decided to add some seasonings to it. Uh, we we released probably more than we needed to, but I wanted to just cover all the bases and bite the bullet. So we have a, a rib and chicken and brisket and an all-purpose, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, you don't have to call it all-purpose. I just couldn't bring myself to put another uh, SPG out on the market. <laughs> but it's basically an SPG with, with a couple of things in it. And uh, so I went with all-purpose, and uh, I use it. Gosh, on, I keep it on the counter here at the house instead of salt and pepper. The barbecue sauce came in between there. The barbecue sauce has been out for Correct. a few years. Yes. Has Honestly, the barbecue sauce was the dumbest, luckiest thing I've done probably. Um, are you all familiar? Have you all interviewed or talked to uh, David Busco with Butcher's Barbecue? I have not. I'm familiar with him, but I have not had an opportunity yet. If you ever get the opportunity, reach out to him. Wonderful guy to talk to. Very, very smart. But he's got a line of injections, and he's got a whole bunch of stuff. 
but I first met David when, when he basically just had the injections and he had a sauce. I called him up and I said, David, I'm thinking about coming out with a barbecue sauce. And his first words were, don't do it. Just leave it alone. Run for the woods. It's your, your waste money, blah, blah, blah. He just gave me every reason not to do a sauce in a, in a crowded market. And I thanked him. And what did I do? I went out and did a sauce and uh, talked to him six months, eight months later, and he says, well, you did it anyway. What are you doing? What are your numbers? And we shared some numbers, and he said, holy crap. He said, don't ever listen to me again. <laughs> uh, it, it, again, it just uh, validated what I was doing. And uh, I've been very blessed. I, I haven't come out with a second sauce, and people have asked me several times over the years, when are you going to do another sauce? And I was like, I can't improve on it. Right. Um, I might can do different. Uh, it might not be as good, but it's it's hard when you when you've got something that's been so well received to take the chance on something else. You know, and uh, I actually admire that man because I think a lot of other people like once they find success in something, they're like, well, now I know what I'm doing, and all this hard work I put into this product to make it great, I'm just going to put, you know, basically half ass the next one. And then I think I think a lot of people probably go downhill that way, you know. Right. And I think like right. once once you're like, hey, I, I got this product, I'm gonna just hold on to this for a little bit, and then right. I'm gonna throw a cherry habanero yeah. barbecue sauce out right. nowadays. And you're like, right. no, I mean, just don't. He's already got all the the rib candies. You just mix a little bit of that with the Craig sauce, and right. you got a different yeah. sauce. That's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I admire that a lot. Well, you know, I, and thank you for saying that. I. Uh, I I've expanded my line sideways more than just in one product. Uh, the seasonings were an extension. The, uh, the latest thing that just has only been out a few weeks uh, is ketchup. And I've got a lot of people looking at me crazy, like, really? Especially ketchup? us. <laughs> uh, there, there, there's a reasoning behind my madness, and uh, it probably will end up being madness. But if you've looked at any store out there, um, from Cosmos to Heath Riles to uh, Sterling Smith out in Arizona, uh, all of these guys that have products, Sweet Swine of Mine uh, out of Mississippi, all of these guys um, have a core product, either a seasoning or a sauce, and then they start branching out, and then you see, oh, wait, he's got pickles. Oh, wait, he's got flavored pretzels. They're, they're, not, they're not so much trying to show off that they can do different stuff. We're all searching for that one extra thing somebody can put in their shopping cart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, most of us are, are depending on this for a living. I know I am. And so as I looked around, we all have egos, and we don't necessarily always want to copy each other if we can. Can I do a pickle? Absolutely. Will I have a pickle? Eh, there's a pretty good chance I may next year. But for now, I wanted something nobody had, and nobody had ketchup. I mean, it makes sense. When I realized that, I said, hmm, okay, that solved the first problem. The second problem, get a good ketchup. Well, we worked on that. We got that. We think we got that solved. But here's the real kicker. How do you sell ketchup at $7.50 a bottle when you can go to any grocery store or Allsup's and probably pick up ketchup for 99 cents. That's an uphill battle. 
I'm happy to say the ketchup's doing okay. I mean, I'm not getting rich off of it. I, I'm not selling thousands and thousands of bottles, but it's doing what I wanted. They're buying rib candy. They're buying some seasoning, and they go, oh, wait, there's some spicy ketchup. Maybe I won't have to go to Whataburger this week and pick some up there. Or <laughs> I think H-E-B sells uh, Whataburger ketchup now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so... Uh, spicy ketchup, habanero ketchup is just not something you can get everywhere. So that's what led me to that. And yes, I can almost tell you, I don't, I don't really want to pre-release anything or get all your, uh, your listeners hyped up and excited. Oh, we promise we'll edit this out. We'll edit this out. Nobody will ever hear it. It's it's no big deal, but I probably will have a habanero uh, mustard before long. Not that that's anything new, but it's a companion to the ketchup and uh, we're working on that we're working on uh, a new seasoning I actually have sent some samples out for for some friends to to do some cooking and testing with it uh, I've considered a seafood seasoning we have one in the bag but I'm just not ready to throw it out there at this point my biggest thing and I've not made any secret about it to anybody who's listening We've experimented, but we, we haven't got the process down yet, and I am, I'm the only one chomping at the bit. But you're going to see, before I die, I hope, you're going to see rib candy gummy bears. That sounds so amazing. Just okay. think about that for a second. The sweet, the, the heat, all in a, in a, in a gummy. Uh, who doesn't like a gummy bear every now and then? Right, yeah. And if you need that, some taste testers. I've yeah, I can call both of y'all. Yep, yes, I'm here. yes, definitely. We're uh, in for that. Good. I like to find people locally, and I'll tell you why. It gets expensive giving all this stuff away and having to pay the shipping to ship it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, John, John will pay for the shipping, so right. don't worry about yeah, it. I will, I'll drive to your house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be able to meet up when I when I get some gummy bears to sample. Y'all will be first on my list. That's awesome. Uh, but I've I've looked at gummy bears, and I've also looked at a hard candy like a, a Jolly Rancher. But it would be my rib candy and, and a hard candy. So either one of those, when we get more time to, to get it perfected, I would like to, to put something like that out just because it's different. And uh, you don't have to cook with everything to enjoy it and have a good time. Yep. Okay, so uh, I do have a, a, a question from one of the listeners. Uh, if we, if you, you want to get into some of the questions that we got. Sure, absolutely. And, I'd love to. Yeah, you can go. Uh, uh, what, what is it? A game show like uh, Pass or uh, what was that? Like Family um, Crap? I'm drawing the blank here. Help me out, guys. Family Feud. Family Feud. Yeah, yeah. If you want to pass a question, oh, pass or, or play. Play or pass. pass. Or play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, one of the questions was okay. So uh, this is uh, I can't find uh, the at Twitter that uh, the person said, but. I think uh, your beer's sitting on it. it probably. <laughs> so they're 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 wanting to know. So they're they do um they do competition chicken and it's something that that uh, uh, probably all of us at one point in time has kind of struggled a little bit and and this will probably kind of like help lead into. I know that you guys are starting to offer barbecue classes and I I I don't have it written down in front of me. You can tell me what it's called, but I know it's available on your website and it features you. And uh, probably some uh, other pitmasters that have gotten together to do uh, this kind of like competition backyard cooking. So this person wants to know is like it, uh, he's struggling on chicken. Any tips or maybe suggestion 
on chicken that you might possibly share, um, he would greatly appreciate it. Um, from a competition point of view or just good home eating? I would say both. He, he mentioned competition, but um, I, I, yeah, I would say both. Well, keep in mind, I, I have my own opinions. First off, before I answer any question about cooking, trying to help somebody, I want to stress this, and I, I can't stress it enough. I have not found a definitive, correct way to cook barbecue of any shape, form, or fashion. What I mean by that is there's no wrong way to cook a chicken. Now, there are a lot of ways it won't work as good. I say the same thing about brisket, too, because I've y'all heard it. Y'all maybe even done it yourselves. Fat side up or fat side down. There's only one way to cook a brisket, and I say BS. You can cook it standing on edge for all I care. Some things work better for some people. Where fat side up works for you may not work for me. So if you keep that in mind, um, so many guys out there are, are determined to tell me or, sh or ask me, what's the secret? You've won. What's the secret? There's got to be a magic bullet out there, a magic seasoning, a dust, something that allows you to win. And you're not going to like the answer, but it's hard work. It's repetitive work, and it's doing a lot of cooking. Now, let me just drill down to this chicken thing. Cook a lot of chicken, and if you think you're cooking a lot of chicken, cook even more, because the more you cook, the better at it you're going to get, first and foremost. If you haven't experimented to this listener if they ha or question person, if they haven't experimented with injection, they should, either a commercial injection or one they make themselves. I've had phenomenal success with chicken, and I've never used a commercial injection in chicken when I compete. I make it myself. And uh, it's not complicated. Um, if you take the video class that y'all were referring to, there's directions on there how to do it. Is it the end all to end all? Must not be because I haven't walked in chicken in the last year. Uh, the fairness is I haven't cooked much the last year either, so I can't really complain. Uh, but practice injection. And I, I think the other thing to tell you is, or anyone, chicken likes heat. Chicken cooks well with high heat. I can cook two chicken halves in 45 minutes and I can win with them. And people go, oh no, that's just wrong. It takes two and a half hours to cook the chicken. Sure it does at 275. At 450, no it doesn't. So don't be afraid to cook chicken uh, hot and fast. It's, it's just, when you cook anything, chicken or anything hot and fast, all you have to remember is in three minutes you can burn the crap out of something at 450. At 275, it may take you 20 minutes. So you've got to pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, I like to cook over direct coals, direct heat, and um, just get it as hot as I can. And I I'm when it when it's uh, I go by temperature in the thigh and the leg. When I hit 165, it's done. That's the end of it. Pull it off, let it rest, and enjoy it. Whether you're whether you're competing or just eating it for home. I don't see how you can go wrong with with cooking a chicken hot and fast. Does that does that help at all? 
I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that uh, I think a lot of people will find useful. Yeah, I may cut that out and save it for myself. The while before you go to another question, though, I will say this: Barbecue Champs Academy um, is who we do the videos through, and there are a lot of videos on there. While they are a lot of them designed and and there to help a competition cooker, there is nothing on there that a that a backyard cooker could not benefit from and should not be afraid of to to look at and learn. I, I hear a lot of backyard people go. Well, I don't want to take that competition class because I'm not doing competition. Go ahead and take it. All it's going to do is make you a better cook. Uh, you want to be the king of, of the cul-de-sac or you want to be the best cook in the family at the family reunion, the videos will help you get there. And the cool part about the videos is once you invest the money, they're yours. You own them. You can watch them and rewatch them. They're broke down into segments. There's, there's several hours on a video. But it's all broke down in eight, 10, 20 minute segments so that you can watch them and rewatch them, apply them, skip what you've seen, or go back to what you forgot. Um, it's just a, an amazing advancement. I think I said very early when we were talking that the, a lot of the cooking out there is getting to be a lot the same. Um, the big benefit that I've seen, y'all, y'all have seen it too. Uh, Big benefit since we all started cooking has been the internet. It's been classes. Uh, the internet has allowed us all to buy product from wherever. Uh, there was a day when you could travel the country and you happened to stop at some little uh, guy selling roadside barbecue in uh, Podunk, Arkansas, and uh, you liked it. And you, what are you putting on here? Well, I make this stuff myself. Taste it. Yeah, that's great. Can I buy some from you? Oh, yeah, sure. He'll sell you a bucket full of it. You go home and you just kill it at a competition. Nobody could find that stuff. Well, thank you, Amazon. You can find it. <laughs> you, yep. you, there's nothing out there. You know, the guy that travels had, had something nobody else did. The guy that can operate a keyboard now can go to, to South America if he wants to and buy a spice and bring it in. And have have something. The bad thing is, he tells two buddies, and a week later, everybody's ordering the same thing. So that's what has made competing so much tougher. Yeah, there there really aren't as many secrets today. Yeah, the, the playing playing field is just starting to even out. You know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of. So now it's all about. Uh, for me, it's I mean, and obviously there's always new products that are coming on the market. But for me, it's like. Uh, and we we've done judging and we recommend anybody that's doing competition if you're if you're going to do competition take a little time to do a little judging get out there and taste some of the food that's being turned in and that way it'll give you an idea uh, how you need to proceed and how you need to move forward and, and uh so it, it, I, I absolutely love that i couldn't agree more with you and i preach that to a lot of people and it's just amazing amazing the number of cooks out there that I talk to to this day, especially when they're in a slump. Have you been back to the judging area? What do you mean been back? I've never went the first time. Well, how do you know what's being turned in if you don't go spend a Saturday in the judging area tasting? Absolutely. Um, I, I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you don't. Now, you may not like what you're tasting, but... I don't, when I cook competition, and this is hard for a lot of guys, y'all already figured it out. I hope you have. 
you don't cook what you like for competition. You cook what the judges like. And I think, honestly, if the judges won't roadkill, I'm going to give them roadkill. I don't, I don't have to eat it. I don't have to like it. If it gets me that trophy, I've accomplished my goal. Right. If the judges want an all burrito, then they get an all burrito. They will. I mean, a- and they would love it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I will say one more thing to the guy on, that was asking about chicken. Um, I'm a firm believer in a lot of things. And chicken's one of them. Buy the cheapest chicken you can find. There's, I've cooked chickens that, that I paid a buck fifty for, and I've cooked chickens that I paid twenty seven, twenty eight bucks for. Um, you know, the, the expensive one being the the free range, uh, no antibiotics. Uh, they pampered it and bathed it, and let it watch TV every day. Whatever they can put on a, a name tag to mark that price up, never been frozen. Screw all that. Right. Go buy a cheap chicken. And the theory behind that for me is we all grew up, that's the one thing, the one thing all of us grew up eating. And most of the time, if it come off of a pit, your dad or papa cooked it in the backyard. And I hate to say it, but 90% of them burned the living shit out of it. <laughs> it was charred. It was crunchy, whatever. That's what you grew up on. And in families of five and six and eight, they couldn't afford that that expensive stuff. No. And trust me, mom and dad bought the cheapest chicken on the shelf. And that's what you grew up on. That's your judges out there. Give them what they grew up on. Right. They're looking for that familiar flavor. Exactly. And I, it applies to beef. I'm a fan of Wagyu. I don't have any issues with Wagyu other than the cost. I, I look at how much fat is in some of this meat. It's very rich. I'm not a big fan. Most of the time, your judges aren't either. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're at a contest, and I'll compare us to KCBS just a little bit. If you're at a contest where there's 50 teams and 49 teams have Wagyu, you best have some Wagyu with you if you want to stay in the same ball field. If you're in Texas and there's 50 teams and there's 10 with Wagyu, and the other bunch of guys, you can see I can't do my math now. The other 29 guys or 39 guys, whatever it comes out to, is buying prime. Buy prime. You know, uh, you're, you don't have to spend you don't have to spend that expensive money on a Wagyu in Texas until I would say you you got to learn your competition. If you feel like that there's going to be 50 percent or better Wagyu, yeah, by all means, get one and cook it. But um, if there's not, there's too many guys out there still winning on on good choice or prime brisket. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna cook wagyu, I mean, obviously that tastes great. And we've always we've had discussion on the show before. I mean, wagyu is like it's forgiving, uh, but not forgiving. You know what I mean? It. It's uh, yeah. something that if you're kind of a not really novice cook, but if you're somebody that that needs a little bit of a error, a little room for error, it's something that Wagyu could give you because it's going to come out super juicy, uh, super tender if you cook it to a certain point. But if you cook a prime, or if you cook a a uh, like an upper two thirds 
upper two-thirds choice, then that takes a little bit more skill, maybe a little bit more babying to be able to put out that really great, awesome, tender product. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, people could learn that. I think it would help them a lot. So we, we got another question. This is from uh, Good. Good. Alex, I hope you do. Yeah, from Alex Perkins. So he he wrote in. So he he's he's wondering if you can give him a recommendation for like a a, a rub, a glaze. Um, uh, and he said, uh, "What's your personal favorite?" Uh, TexasPepperJelly.com. Come on, guys. <laughs> no, no. He, he he's asking from Texas Pepper Jelly. What's your personal favorite? If you if you can, what one of them? All of them. Buy one of each. <laughs> I love that. He'll do it. He, he probably will. Well, a glaze, I, I will tell you hands down. I, I'll tell you I'll tell you three three things. Three rib candies. Number one seller, most popular seller, people buy the most of is apple cherry habanero. As a cook, I've never used apple cherry habanero, and that's my own product. I use straight apple. I, I just don't see how you why you need to throw a cherry in the mix. Um, apple has served me very well. And then, believe it or not, one of the biggest secrets we have is pomegranate cranberry. There are several prominent cooks across the state and some outside of the state that ask me all the time, don't tell anybody about pomegranate cranberry. Well, they're going to be mad now. Uh, well, they'll get over it. It's... <laughs> And I've come, I'll be honest with you, I've come close a time or two to discontinuing it just because the numbers aren't there. You know, I have to play a numbers game. If I'm not going to sell a bunch of it, I'm, why am I carrying it? And every time I, I get ready to do something to it, it kind of surges a little. And I know that there's a, a, a select group of comp guys out there that use it, so I leave it alone. But it's, it's a... It's a gem, and, and a lot of people, I'm not sure what scares them away, if it's the pomegranate or the cranberry, but um, it's absolutely unique and something that uh, a lot of judges like. Well, when me, it comes to- me personally, I'm, I'm putting it in my uh, cart um, as we speak right now. Uh, well, that's a good thing. It's. I will also tell you the jellies, any jelly flavor, whatever you happen to like, um, the jellies mix well with the sauce uh, if you're willing to heat it up and dissolve it in there. And I think this is because the jellies, what I what I like about the jellies, they're more robust. And what I mean by that is we make the rib candy using fruit juices, the juices of the fruit. With the jelly, we grind up and use the complete fruit. There's a, there's a difference. Eat a fresh pineapple and drink pineapple juice. They're both good, but they're not quite the same. So if there's a jelly flavor that catches your eye, don't don't be afraid to use any of that. And as far as the seasonings, I'm a fan of all of them. Uh, they're pretty much self-explanatory, except that I'll tell you, I've had as much luck using the chicken rub on ribs as I have the rib rub on ribs. So don't be afraid. Just because it says something, don't be afraid to use it on something else. Love that. And if there's any if there's any ladies listening or men listening that are just not into barbecue at all and they find it rather disgusting and they've managed to sit through this far for some unknown reason, <laughs> take any of the roof candy and put it on ice cream. You'll thank me. 
Oh, I'm just, doing that. That's happening. Just take some vanilla ice cream, or you can use whatever flavor you like. I'm a vanilla fan. And drizzle some of the peachy peach habanero over it, or some of the the, uh, the black cherry grape, or even the apple cinnamon. Uh, I'm telling you, the stuff, this, I, if you ever see me uh, look at the website one day, and you go, oh, wait, Craig's got dessert toppings. All it'll be is rib candy with a different label on it. Um, because it's they're all great dessert toppings if you want to use them on something sweet. I love that. I love that. That is awesome. All right, so uh, Craig, we're we're kind of we're kind of pushing it uh, on the uh, the the length. So um, I want to say, hey, first and foremost, thank you for being on the podcast. We definitely appreciate you coming on sharing the knowledge uh and then we're gonna basically uh open the the floor up to you um to to plug your your website uh where people can get a hold of the products that you're selling and then prop uh the i I guess everybody can go right through the the texas pepper jelly website to get a hold of the barbecue classes is is that correct yeah there's there at the bottom of the home page there's a a big banner for barbecue champs academy and my video you, you can go straight from my site to their site. There's other videos on that site that, that, that are there besides mine. There's a, a whole a whole list of things, probably 20 different recipes. And I think there are like five or six bucks a piece from beans to fried ribs to prime rib to duck to lamb. Just they're, they're short 15, 20 minute videos to cook a specific product. And okay. those were tailored and geared directly towards the backyard guy. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Nice. I love that. And what was the website again? Say it one more time. Barbecue Champs Academy. BBQ Champs Academy, I believe. Okay, awesome. Got it. But again, there's a big link on the bottom of my homepage. Uh, first off, let me, let me say um, thank you again. When I met Jonathan... And, and I and I hope I've got with two of y'all uh, not knowing your voices that well. It was Jonathan I met on the airplane, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, I'd feel like a complete idiot at this point if it wasn't. But there was, there's <laughs> actually there's actually 16 of us podcasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> now I won't even sleep tonight. No, uh, I'm just he's just joking. <laughs> to, to to be able to to meet a stranger and talk barbecue is always fun, even even when that's not. He was supposed to be working, and I was supposed to be vacating. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say even though it was Jonathan, but okay. <laughs> well, now I don't know him well enough to say that, but he was supposed to be, supposed to be working probably a little bit harder. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's rewarding. I'm, I'm stopped quite constantly. I've been doing it long enough, especially in this area. I've been doing it long enough. I'm stopped constantly, and people know me. Hey, you're Craig, or hey, I met you at a cook-off. It's been very rewarding. To be asked to be on a show like this uh, is always a pleasure, and I'm going to be just quite candid with you. If you can stomach me, I would love to come back sometime. I I hope that y'all have some good response to the show, but I love what I do. I'm not retired from cooking. I've cut back. I've gone from cooking 40 events a year to I think I cooked three times in 2020. Of course, a large part of that was COVID, so... right. uh, 2021 I, I i'm not in a hurry to get out there i have enough respect for this thing that 
while I, I still get out and do a few things, I'm not sure I'm ready to tempt going to some large cook-offs. But I, I will get back out there, and I do want to meet more people. And I love selling the product. Um, I'm available. My There's a, an, an address. Uh, contact us on the website if anybody goes there and they want to ask a question, all the emails come to me. I, I hate to break this to y'all. You can break it to your listeners or I can. Uh, when it comes to Texas pepper jelly in the business, I'm it. I'm the, I sweep the floors. I pack the boxes. Uh, I order the product. I test the products. I make the products. There is nobody else. So if you send an email, it is coming to me. And um, my phone number is out there in enough places. If somebody wants to call and ask a question, you're more than welcome. Things fall between the cracks from time to time. I'm human, but don't give up. If I don't answer immediately, send me a reminder. Uh, and if y'all don't want to do that, I know Jonathan's not working hard. Contact him and he can get, <laughs> That's the he truth. Can get in touch with me. <laughs> you do uh, know me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you have a very interesting job. Uh, That's the I, truth. I would think it's a rewarding job. Am I correct? I love my job. Good, good. Uh, hopefully things will loosen up and we'll all get to fly more and, and things will get back to normal one day. But this this show has truly, truly been a pleasure because I, I love the way it's structured. I love questions. If you have more, we can do that. But I like the, if you do this with everybody or just me, it doesn't matter. I like the free flow approach to be able to, 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 to talk about different things. I didn't get to touch on it tonight. Maybe it's a conversation for, for later. You did mention I was president of IBCA at one point. And uh, I was president for four years. And it was absolutely the most rewarding experience and devastating experience I've ever had in one job. And uh, the organizations are important to barbecue. And Texas is being inundated with new organizations. If they make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. I'm... For my money, I'm I'm an IBCA man and a KCBS person, and uh, I think I always will be. And if anybody wants to check out those organizations, they both have websites. KCBS is wonderful. IBCA, if you live in Texas, is absolutely the way to go for competition cooking. And I'll help and ask answer questions on any of this stuff. So thanks for letting me ramble. No doubt about it, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on, Greg. That it's been awesome, man. It really has. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this, but we already got you booked again. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see you back in the next. Uh, we'll send you the date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hope I really I hope you do. If you don't, I'm not going to cry over it too much. Uh, but I will I will tell you this. I like to tell off on myself, like I told you earlier. I'll, I'll share this with you real quick. So Jonathan's been emailing me about doing this the last week or so, and so for the last week or so, I am I am racking my brain. Going, when did I agree to do this? <laughs> I know I'm, I'm getting older, and, and, but it was eluding me because I was on a, I was on a radio show with uh, Dan Hathaway from the Kansas City Barbecue Store uh, on Monday evening, and uh, I, I just kept racking my brain. What? Obviously, I agreed to this, or he wouldn't have my email and be talking to me. But for the life of me. I could not figure this out. Or maybe you didn't, so, and he just told you you did. Yeah, I was about to say, that's how John gets all of our guests. He just, just <laughs> well, treats I, them like I, they already agreed. He, he is. He's good at it. <laughs> and so 
uh, I was talking to my friend uh, in Lubbock, and I said, I got roped into doing this show, and I don't remember doing it. And I just, they were like, you know, maybe you need a, a, an assistant to help keep things up. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're just trying to spend my money. <laughs> and so, I, as a typical husband, I, I probably never give my wife as much credit as I should. I, we would all be lost without our wives. And this is when y'all will tell me you're both single, but trust me, uh, if you have a wife, you're lost without her. And so I, I haven't lost sleep over this, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, today I went to, to run an errand and I told my wife, I said, I'll be back and don't forget I got to do this show tonight. And she goes, could it be the guy from the airplane? <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped for a second and I said, did that come that easy for you? And she said, well, I can't wait for you to say something, and you never did. And I'm like, you could have saved me hours of, of tossing and turning. But then it all fell into place. And, and I'm sorry, Jonathan, that I didn't remember, but I'm glad that she was there to, to straighten it out. I was trying to remember who you were, too. It's fine. <laughs> I had that one coming. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we appreciate it, Craig. Hey, we wish you the best. Uh, and we're definitely going to get with you a little bit later on in the year and check and see how you're doing. And uh, we're going to. For the record, if you want to cut any of this out, that's fine. I probably won't remember it anyway. No, we're going <laughs> to cut you all out. It's just going to be us talking to each other around here. So. I hope you don't have too much trouble editing down to what you want. <laughs> I, I, again, I can't thank you both enough. I, if, if y'all cook, y'all have any cook offs coming up around the Houston area? Uh, not at the moment. We don't but have anything planned yet. If, if Jonathan, you'll drop me an email where y'all are going to be cooking or something, I'd love to maybe come out and say hello and, and hang out a few minutes. Awesome. We definitely will do that. Craig. All right. Y'all take care. Thank, thanks again. Appreciate take care, Craig. We'll talk later. to you later. Night. All right. Bye-bye. Later. What a great interview. I mean, yeah. I, I was really, really um, super excited to have this guy on. Yeah. He's got a lot of knowledge. knowledge. A lot of knowledge, man. A lot of the stuff sure. is like I know he really can't share with us because right. obviously he's like I'm not going to give you all my secrets. Right, right, right. Obviously take you're going to take, take classes, whatever. But I mean, he's the one of the the OGs in barbecue, especially for, in Texas, right? For in, in Texas and for us, I mean, I mean, we've utilized his products and for and for one with his the products. beginning and and have won consistently with his products. So very nice, and he really just seemed very genuine, down to earth, just super. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. excited super, about super talking well about barbecue too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm. Hey, hey, he's gonna come back on. And clearly, he and I are very good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he he did bring that up. He did. Yeah. And he, he says Jonathan, he which is remembered kind of weird, me, but sort of. I like is, it. is that your is that your professional name? It uh, does say Jonathan, Jonathan on my wings yeah. at work. They're flying. How Jonathan. long are those wings at that point? They're if it just enough. said John, it would just be this long, right? I it don't think they Jonathan. change the size. <laughs> what? Maybe font size. I don't know. What? Maybe your last name was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They had it would be like tiny super. Like, <laughs> they don't put the last <laughs> name on there. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Like, yeah. Off the rails here. Anywho. So yeah. Hey. Great interview. Thanks, Greg, for being on the show, uh, the Grabbing the Brisket show. I mean, it's one, awesome. of the, one of those deals. I mean, the, the Grabbing the Brisket show, I mean, this is what we're all about. I mean, we're, we're about – I know we, we kid and we have fun and we, we joke around, but, I mean, shit, it's a podcast. So it, we like to have fun, and I know people tune in to hear certain types of shows and may tune out on certain other types of shows, but it's nice to, to have a person of Craig's 
caliber caliber statue sure. dropping and some the, knowledge and the, the bob barbecue bob bob the, the barbecue the barbecue uh the the barbecue um community uh so hey, we're definitely gonna have him on again Absolutely. alden you know what time it is it's a business thing it it's is business, business time. time is it that business thing all right. Well, guys, you know what? We just had a great-ass um, podcast with Craig, so if you want to go listen to that, just go to the website. It's www.grabthebrisket.com. Um, you can find everything there, man, our merch, our merch, everything, dude. Everything you need to know about Grabbing the Brisket is on that website. But if you like your Twitters and your Instagrams, Facebooks, and stuff like that, you know, you can go to Twitter. It would be at Grab the Brisket. You can go to Facebook and Instagram, both when it's same is at Grab them in the Brisket. And you know what? We'll see them. We'll see them all. If you want to email us, be uh, grabbingthebrisket at gmail.com. We'll see all that shit. We'll read them. We'll respond to you. We'll love you or we'll hate you. You won't know, but that's what we're no, going to we'll do. Tell you. <laughs> we'll uh, tell you. We'll tell you. If you want to listen to this episode that you're listening to right now, <laughs> yeah, go to our website. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that. There's the, there's the business. Nice. That's perfect. Hey, look forward to talking barbecue with you guys later. I like that send-off, James. Is that your send-off? That, that's the new send-off. That was good. That was I good. Think he, yeah, I All think right. he did it. I'll just say peace. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. What You've been great. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Thanks for listening, guys. Special thanks to our sponsors, Jealous Devil Charcoal, Getty, Cooley Nation, Cambro Manufacturing, Texas Brew Hopper, Smoke Sheet, and Fiesta Spices. For more information on those companies, please check out our website at grabbingthebrisket.com.